When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This week, we're going to be talking about the week of December 12th through the 18th. The themes this week are going to be honesty, compassion, and responsibility. So I've been taking an honest look at my relationships and like with with compassion. So holding myself responsible for the people that I've chosen in my past. And Scott basically just tells me why, why I, this is happening. Yeah, why, why I've had this like epiphany <laughs> of being able to see everything. Yeah. Um, astrologically, of course. And then he brings up the white lotus, which he said he hated, yes, but he actually I loves. And I still do. I hate season <laughs> one. I like season two, though. Um, so we talk about that, <laughs> which is kind of highlighting the present relationship energy as well. Mercury is moving into its retrograde shadow this week. So don't panic, but just make sure you're putting your plans into motion for what you want to accomplish during the first quarter of 2023. Yes. Yes. So stay tuned. Astrology is a language that communicates how the planets and stars influence life on Earth. I'm Scott Tajarian. I'm an interpreter of this language. Join me and my co-host Ingrid Iverson, who helps bring an even more practical look at this astral language. The Weekly Transit is here to bring clarity to the chaos so you can ride the planetary waves instead of the planets riding you. The Weekly Transit. Ingrid and I just finished an hour-long conversation about relationships and dating. Yeah, I feel like I just had some big epiphanies over the Thanksgiving week of spending a lot of time with my family and just seeing how my family dynamic has affected how I am in relationship now and the choices I've made for choosing partners. Your first relationships with your parents are the relationships that set the foundation for your friendships, your business partnerships, your lovers. Yeah. We like lead by example, you know, it's just like we learn whatever our parents do. That's whether they want to teach us that or not. That's what, that's what they're doing. Yeah. We, we just, repeat what we see we're just mimicking them so even though i've thought in the past that i'm like oh they're nothing like like i want like a a healthier relationship than my parents have Mm -hmm. and i've made active steps to have that i still there's just a lot of personal growth that happens over you know having relationships come and go and then also i think maybe just as you get older Mm -hmm. you have these realizations about yourself like I've, i've known these things for a while logically but i feel like there was a very visceral experience happening this week where I felt like I was like levitating above and I could just see everything so clearly. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, this is absurd. And why am I doing this? I know better. And we found out why, because the planets are moving into, we're moving into your seventh house, the house of marriage, Mercury and Venus. Oh yes. We're moving into your house of marriage in the sign of freedom So relationships, communication, and clarity in our mind, Mm -hmm. and communicating about that. Mm -hmm. 
really taking a conscious look of how you relate to other people, what you want out of relationship, what you give in return, what they're giving you versus what they want. Is it balanced? Is it fair? Are you getting what you want? Mm -hmm. No. (laughs) So what do you do? Yeah, it's so interesting. Just, I just think sometimes it just takes time or the right moment. I really actually had a dream. I'm not going to go into the dream, but we've been kind of analyzing those here. And I just had a dream. And also before I had another like epiphany like this, like years ago that like kind of instigated a breakup. I feel like that's a, you know, if we're paying attention to what's happening in our subconscious and it becomes conscious, you can't like erase it. Once you see it, Mm -hmm. you're like, Oh shit, that's what's happening. And our dreams can be just whatever. And like, really out there and weird but sometimes if you really look at him like I woke up and I was like oh that was literally what's happening in my life mm-hmm. and the things that I'm not seeing and they're very apparent in the dream and it was upsetting and I was like dude it was a message from myself to myself mm. yeah exactly <laughs> and so just paying attention to what yeah what is happening in there that we're not seeing because if we're not seeing it then we're just repeating the same old patterns like we really have to make the unconscious conscious to be able to not repeat those those same mistakes over and over when dreams are very powerful right now with neptune and jupiter both in pisces and then for you ingrid uranus and the north node transiting through your 12th house the house of the unconscious in taurus the sign of self-worth and what you value so it was You're like, getting a wake-up call yes, in terms of yes. your self-worth and what you value and how that's being reflected in your reality through your relationships. Yeah, that's. It. I mean, that's exactly it. I, cu- I couldn't have said it better. It was It was definitely like a a revolution, a like a, a awakening of... I mean, the only thing I'm scared of, I feel like I've had a couple other smaller moments like this, but this one feels more impactful. I just don't want to go backwards because I feel like I've had moments before of clarity and then somehow I've like reverted or gotten sad about stuff again and I'm just hoping that I can like keep up this whatever has happened in my mind I feel so clear about it I don't see it going away but sometimes things can get cloudy again well they will they will the planets will move and then you'll get confused again (laughs) and you'll fall you'll you'll, but there will be those moments where you've you might stop yourself and you're like oh my god I'm doing it again How do I, it's, you said like you have a higher awareness now Yeah. because if you step out into the dating world now, you're going to do it in a way that's different than how you've done it in the past. Mm -hmm. So you're setting new intentions for yourself in how you are attracting new people into your life. And that's what happens when the planets move through the seventh and eighth houses the house of marriage and death, the houses of marriage and death, this is that opportunity to engage in those new relationships. So it's important for you. It's important, especially, I just like, all the women out there, like, you are the catch. No scarcity mentality of like, well, if I do this and he's not going to like me, great! He's not going to like you? Fantastic. (laughs) That is a good thing. You know, it's like clear the space. Just be yourself. 
yeah, the scarcity mentality is very big, especially when it comes to men. And I think there's a lot of like, I mean, I have amazing male friendships in my life, so I know that there are amazing men out there. So I don't know. I think also women being more open to like a lot of, we put a place, a lot of things on looks and on money. And like, before we even meet the person and like, sometimes those feel maybe less important as we were just talking about how, how to pick a good partner, what, what you really want to get out of somebody and what you want to give, what you want to get in return mm-hmm. and bringing that up, up front, not just being like, Oh, we had some fun chemistry. So then we're going to have sex and then we'll see what happens. And maybe we're going to be in a relationship now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, how about the other way around before there's all of these, like, you know, oxytocin, whatever happens when you like have sex and then you're falling in love. And it's like that blinds your ability to actually be logical. But when you first meet somebody, it's much easier to be like, Oh, this is what I want. What are you looking for? have a very just honest, open conversation. Like you said, like an interview and it, it should be an interview. It should be an interview, not just like, Oh, we're meeting for coffee. What's happening in your life. It's like that. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. But a big part of it really needs to be intentional. You got to know asking, what you want. Yes. What, what do you, what do I want? I mean, this, everyone who was born between 1972 and 1983, 84 was born with Pluto in Libra, the sign of relationships. Everyone born between 1983-84 and 1995 was born with Pluto in Scorpio, the sign of karmic bonds, the sign that rules the spiritual bonding that occurs during the act of sex. Those people born from 72 to 95 are here to transform how we do relationships, how we exchange energy, how we create balance between one another. And so it starts with the, the first interactions where you're really trying to get a sense of what the other side wants from you and offering clarity in terms of what you want from the other side. So often, I'll just speak for myself, in going into relationship is just like, please like me, please like me, please want to fuck me, you know? And then you attract something that isn't really what you want because it's, well, you're not, it's even not that it's too what, shallow. Yeah. It's shallow. It's like saying, please be attracted to me. Please want me. Please like me. And there's just like this feeling of desperation behind that. And so then you end up attracting someone who's desperate and then you become two desperate people in a relationship that didn't even take the time to really know if you were a good match for each other. And now you're already sailing down the road. Love (laughs) love is not enough. Attraction is not enough. Like it really, those things are key things in the relationship also, but they're not the only things. I was in a very long-term partnership and there was a lot of love, but love was not enough. Compatibility and like vetting that person out for the long-term is more important than like that needs to kind of come first. It's like, well, if there's no compatibility long-term and we're not interested in the same goals and stuff, well then how then the the sex and the love don't mean anything or they don't, they don't not mean anything, but it's just, you're not going to get what you want. That's right. You're going to be feeling lacking in some way in the relationship. Now, Ingrid doesn't want to know the person's chart. Scott really wants me to get everyone's birth charts, but I don't want to. Yeah, she doesn't want to. We had a fight about it. Yeah, we got (laughs) a huge fight. Huge fight. Scott was twisting my arm. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay. Okay. I want, I want, I'm curious if this will tie into the relationship stuff you had mentioned white Lotus. Oh yeah. Which we had talked about yes. a couple weeks ago. Okay. So a couple weeks ago I was like, I hate white Lotus <laughs> and I still, the first season sucked. I did not like the first season. Did you watch the whole thing? I watched Gabriella watched the whole thing. I watched, I think, uh, to the maybe the second to last episode, and then I just kind of gave up on it. And I read on Wikipedia the sh- you You're know the show funny. notes what happened, and I was like, okay, this is dumb. I don't like this. And Gabriella, she echoed it too. She was like, it was a dumb ending. It was stupid. It was whatever. Like, but we watched it in preparation because I had seen the the previews for season two, which actually looked more interesting to me. So I was like, I want to, I don't know. I, for some reason I was like, I just want to try out season two and see, I'm going to give it a second chance. That's so weird. That's just a weird thing to do to even be interested in the second one. Well, but I'll mom- tell you why I'll tell you, you know, because I'll tell you what I liked about the first season okay. because, and you kind of brought it up in the last episode with just, I, I, I really like, the way the director, the creator, like the artistic taste, you know, like the camera shots and the, the music is really weird, but but cool. I I don't know. Like I, I love the music. I love the visuals and I, and I think all the actors are great, but I just hated the characters and I thought the story wasn't really that engaging to me. But I mean, I can be- see that kind of looking back, especially now that I've seen season two, like the first one, the story, it was just really pretty and it was kind of entertaining. It was just, I was interested, Yeah. but it was not as compelling. I did not like the characters though. And so this season I was like, even visually it, it looked better than the first season, even though I liked the way the first season looked visually. I love the music again. It's weird, but... <laughs> I don't know. There's something about the music that's it really very draws you in. Yeah, it stands out. But it's weird. It's like it's very unique. It's very unique. So, but instantly, I don't know. I liked season two better. I thought the characters were a little more interesting to me. There, there are still there is still one kind of asshole character, and then they brought back the one of the most annoying characters from season one. They brought her back. Of course you do, because she's a, she's a Gemini sun <laughs> and a Virgo rising. So she the you're actress? a Ge- you're a Virgo rising. You're a Virgo sun and a Gemini rising, and she's a Gemini sun and a Virgo rising. So you're like the introversion, introverted version of her. And she's a Capricorn moon, and you're a Cancer moon, which is the opposite. So I I like her as an actress, Jennifer Coolidge, but I don't know. She always plays like the same kind of ditzy character. Yeah, she's great at playing that character. I see. And I just well, didn't like old, the... Yeah, I don't know. It, but although she's growing on me in season two. Like, I, I think that's part of the thing, too. Like, in season one, there wasn't a lot of growth in the characters. Yeah. I mean, of course, there was the son who changes a lot, who goes from, you know, being obsessed with his phone to wanting to... But it, it just felt... I don't know, kind of can try. Yeah, exactly. And so season two, I don't know. The characters just seem more interesting. It's in Italy. So there's a lot of Italian, which I love. I just love hearing the different language and reading the subtitles. I really like that. Um, Well, so I thought you were going to maybe go into some of the relationship stuff possibly. Yeah. Yeah. So the relationship stuff, 
Well, what did you want to say about that? Because I, I can... oh, oh, nothing. You just when we first started talking this morning, you're like, oh my gosh, I want to share well, like something about white at, lotus. You, yeah, just well, I wanted to share how I like the the second season. And when it comes to relationships, though, yeah, like the relationships, like there seems to be a bigger deal about relationships in this season than season one. Like well, you have these two married couples, which are one of like the central themes, and these two guys that were friends or their roommates in college and you can see how they've kind of grown into different directions but they're still connected because they had these formative years together and they have their wives who are very different and there's a lot of tension there yeah and there is. yes and so the whole thing where these two wives go out and so i guess this is a spoiler alert here but these two wives go on a trip separate from the trip that they're on like they go away for like a night to another part of Italy and one of the guys hires a prostitute like two these prostitute. two prostitutes <laughs> and you know the other the other guy is not interested doesn't want to be involved in it but the whole act is happening in the guy who doesn't want to be involved in it his hotel room and the guy who is having sex with the prostitutes leaves behind a condom wrapper. And the guy who didn't want to be a part of it, who wasn't a part of it, his wife finds this condom wrapper and it builds this tension. You know, she thinks that he's cheated on her and she doesn't ask him like a direct question. Mm -mm. Instead of saying, what is this? She like sits on it for she a few sits days on and then and, just like and creates this tension between him and her and to everyone because everyone's everyone. like, why is she acting fucking weird? Exactly. But then she just leaves it out for her husband to find it and he does and he calls her out. He's like, What is this? And she's like, Well, why don't you tell me? But it's like by that point, it's like they're already down this road of deceitfulness. And the the husband she's asking him so what did you guys do and he's like nothing I, he doesn't want to tell her about it because his friend was like don't say anything bro code and he gets bullied into this doesn't say anything but i don't know it just it just really shows how communication and directness, yeah, and, directness. and yes if you're not being direct like you got to be direct the one couple that's always cheating on each other. There's not the communication. There's nothing direct. It's all these like secrets and they know the secrets, but they're not talking about the mm -hmm. secrets. And then now how it's spilling into these other people's lives. Yes. Their lies are now like ruining this other relationship somehow. Cause they're getting wrapped up in this. Well, it's really bringing to light what is hidden in that other relationship mm -hmm. that this, this one couple that you think is really, you, you think both of the couples are kind of stable in their own unique way but as the show goes on you realize how they're not stable and and it all boils down to communication i think but it's interesting to me too like my favorite character is the grandfather i love him f murray abraham i hate him he's my favorite he's a scorpio <laughs> sun pisces moon of course we like hate opposite characters <laughs> i just i love this guy He's a great actor, but the character is great too. I mean, he's a you great know? actor because I hate him in it. I'm like, God, you're so annoying. Just stop. Just stop. He's oblivious. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I could go on and talk, continue talking about this. It, it is interesting. There's a lot of Aries energy in the show. Like there's this father, son, and grandson. 
And so the father is the Scorpio Pisces moon. The the son is an Aries sun. And then his son, the grandson, is also an Aries sun. So I watch these shows and I like to look at like where the planets were when these people were born if I don't have the date, time, and place. And I just see how they sort of, you know, you're bring always, that to the show. You're always to researching show. and yes. studying and... Yes. So there's a and there's a lot of Taurus energy too, which is interesting. Like one, two, three, four, five characters were born with the moon in Taurus, and then there's two characters that are Taurus Sun. And that really tells me a lot too, because the show is really like rich in like beauty and decadence and those sort of things. So you could see how these Taurus people were attracted to the show or how the show was attracted to them and being characters in the show. So, yeah. Before we get into the week, uh, we still have time before the holidays. Scott has this amazing book that we put together and it's 30 bucks. It's kind of like an art glossary astrology book. It's, it is the basics, but it's also just really beautiful and it's a good way to just get started and get familiar with all the signs and symbols. So we have that. You can also, it's also available for download on Amazon. Uh, what else? Also, you can gift a reading. Gift there a are reading, readings yeah. available on the site and there's gift cards. So you can buy the gift card, then they can go schedule it themselves. And if uh, you're curious about gifting yourself a reading so you can scope out what 2023 has in store for you what energies you need to be working on where you need to be focusing your attention so that you're working with the planetary and astral energies rather than swimming upstream i love that yeah you're you're great for yeah planning for the future looking ahead into the planets and just figuring out yeah, how to map out your year. I mm-hmm. think it's a really good way to start the year. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. And, uh, oh, also the Uncharted Territories. Okay, there's a new episode out. Well, there- every week we've been releasing new episodes. And it's 10 episodes for this season. And the Uncharted Territories is Scott's other podcast yes. with Shara Prophet, who's a medium. So they talk about public figures who died a premature death. And they look at their charts. And then she or Scott looks at the chart and he also is loves history, so he goes and researches them, reads all the books about them, and then Shara connects with their spirit, and they kind of go over the gifts and challenges throughout their life and what was kind of happening and why it was happening near the end of their life cycle. The so, life, death, and afterlife of these public figures. There's a movie coming out uh, later this month, I think, I Want to Dance. It's the Whitney Houston movie. That was somebody that we covered in season one. So if you want to hear about Whitney, definitely go listen to that episode. Shara gets into some wild stuff about Whitney's yeah. death. It's not necessarily what the public perception is, according to uh, Shara and her contact with Whitney's spirit. Uh, we also, this season, in addition to JFK Jr., which is the first three episodes, we do three episodes on Princess Diana, and then four episodes on Princess Margaret and the royal family, and that, of course, is a big topic right now because another great show that uh, I just 
flew through the new season, The Crown. Oh, I haven't seen it. Oh my god. Okay, maybe I I'll put love, that on my I list. I love The Crown. It's so I good. It's it's and those people like all of their charts are available, like the date, time, and place of their birth. So it's really fun to watch these shows and just see how they how they show up in terms of the astrology. And uh, yeah, it's just so fascinating. This is the season where Diana and Charles get a divorce. And uh, all the juicy stuff. Yes. Yes. Oh my and God. Scott, so, Scott loves the it's gossip. So it's interesting. so funny. It's just so fascinating to me because like Diana is, was like the catch of all catches, but Charles wasn't into her because he was in love with someone else. Yeah. And, and, so, you know, he's a Taurus sun or a Taurus moon, Scorpio sun, Leo rising. That's fixed, fixed, fixed. So once those people latch on to somebody, like they don't ever let go. So now he's with Camilla and sadly Diana is no longer with us. But very interesting episodes with Shara and I. So listen in the uncharted territories. And then would you like to thank our the sponsors yes let's thank the sponsors thank you larry deborah haley libby janelle nicole janine ricky amaranth vincent and michelle Catherine, merdinas aline robin stephanie brenna cassie Lori, carrie annie brooke johnny and amber thank you all so much for supporting the podcast if you would like to support us if you go to the show notes, there is a support link. You can donate $1, $5, or $10 a month. And that just helps us spend more time doing what we love, sharing the planets and stars with you. And if you don't have money to do that and you still want to support, you can share us on Instagram. You can rate us five stars on whatever platform you're on. You can... Write a positive review. Yes. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Are we ready to get into the week? Let's get into the week. Oh, yeah. One well, more thing. Yeah, what? Um, if you don't know in the show notes, there is time markers. So if you want to go to one specific day of the week, you can just go click on Tuesday. It'll go right to Tuesday, which I like to use when I'm having usually a bad day. I'll be like, okay, <laughs> what was happening that day? <laughs> you know, what's going on today? Let me figure it out. Um, and then also last thing, the podcast is meant to be paired with the basics of astrology, the book and the blog. It's on the weekly The forecast. It's just... It's kind of a, a written format of what we talk about here. There's the journal prompts that like all the questions that Scott asks me here. So it's really useful to go and reference them. Like you can, yeah, just answer the questions yourself and gives you a little overview and you can see all of the symbols. And then if you have the book, you can kind of translate a bit of it by yourself. It gives you a little more intuition and insight when you can kind of look at things and get a feel for it without even listening to the podcast. Like eventually uh, the idea is to teach people astrology. Yes. So when you're, you're, doing that in combination with the book and the blog where you're seeing the visuals. I mean, now I can look and see the alignments just based on the images we have here. So if you're interested in taking your education a little further, then yeah, get the book and go check out the blog. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. It's listed as forecast on the, uh, the forecast or forecast on the, uh, the website, but that's, uh, you know, that's, that's my whole purpose is to help you not only understand who you are so that you can accept, appreciate, and love the divine unique miracle that is you, but also through helping you understand who you are is through the language of astrology. I'm a very visual learner, very visual 
teacher. So I draw these symbols to really accentuate the energies of the the signs and the planets to help you learn to, at the very least, be conversational in this language of astrology, if not fluent. Oh, also, if you're listening on the other side of the earth from where Ingrid and I are, we're in the north western hemisphere we're, we're in, in california <laughs> <laughs> so if you're like in australia or uh new zealand or singapore one of those places on the other side of the earth when i'm saying monday as i'm about to say that's going to be your tuesday because you're a day ahead of us over here so looking at this week which is the week of december 12th through the 18th Monday, December 12th, and the themes of the week this week are freedom and responsibility, and that comes out in a big way on Monday, December 12th, where we're looking at the sun, the planet of light, life, and vitality in the mutable fire sign symbolized by the archer, Sagittarius, in a supportive sextile with Saturn, the god of wealth and time, the planet of responsibility in the fixed air sign symbolized by the water bearer, which is ruled by Saturn. So this is freedom and responsibility right up front. You've got the sun, which is shining its vital light on Saturn, which is saying, how can you be free? And independent while also holding yourself accountable for your role within the community each one of us has a unique gift the next time the planets and stars will be aligned in the way that they were aligned when you were born is over twenty-five thousand years from the daytime in place of your birth so you are unique you are divine you are a miracle and you have there's something about you that only you have that I can't get from anyone else that no one else in your life can get from anyone else than you. You are that unique reflection that I can only see myself in the way that I see myself through you, through you, Ingrid. So what is the gift that you're bringing to the group, the club, the organization, the social network or cause? Well, I mean, I, I don't know if this really plays on that, but the first Tell thing... Tell me, what are you seeing, Ingrid? Well, when I look at it, I see responsibility and freedom seem like opposites to me. Mm. But the more you're responsible in your life, then you're actually going to allow yourself to have freedom. When you're taking care of your shit, it's going to free up time, space, and energy to actually enjoy your freedom. So it's like they're not opposites. If you're just running around being free all the time... Well, you're probably not taking care of your shit. And that's actually really stressful. It's like when people are just trying to go on a vacation to outrun their problems. Mm -hmm. It's like if you just take care of all your stuff, then you're going to have the freedom to go on a vacation and enjoy it. You're not running from anything. That sounds like a white lotus thing. Totally. Going on on vacation to outrun their problems, but you're not going to. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because Sagittarius is a sign of freedom. Aquarius is the sign of independence. Independence requires responsibility. 
in order to be independent. Like when you think about you're a kid and then you, you're a teenager and then you're like, I'm 18, I need my independence. It's like, okay, well then you need to be responsible for yourself. You need to get a job. Well, you earn you it. Need to, you you earn need it. to have enough money to live in, under a roof and pay for food and all those sorts of things well even even in childhood it's like you're probably going to get more freedoms if you're taking care of your shit your parents are gonna be like oh they're responsible so we're gonna give them some more freedom yes i see freedom and independence is a little different though like freedom is you know free from responsibility you know like i think of freedom is that that sort of bohemian vibe okay or maybe it's in unhoused vibe i don't know it's like you know, unhoused where you're, just, where you're just like i'm just gonna Run live around. i'm just gonna live and i don't have any responsibilities okay. you know like i'll get food when i'm hungry someone will give me something or you know when i need shelter it will find me i don't know it's it's more of a you know it's that robin hood just kind of roaming through the forest vibe but i agree with what you're saying and I think that has a really good merit here because these two energies are connecting. So it's like the more that you can be responsible for what it is you truly want, like what do you want for your future? Sagittarius is the sign that represents what is beyond here and now. So what do you want your future to look like and what are you willing to do in order to make sure that that future comes into reality well there's the other alignment here mercury in capricorn yeah so mercury is by itself in capricorn the reason why i put this here so mercury's the messenger of the gods guide of souls to the underworld the planet of consciousness communication and coordination in the cardinal earth sign symbolized by the goat capricorn which is also ruled by saturn so capricorn is energy that is this is what I'm responsible for myself. Aquarius is responsibility for the community. What is the role that I'm playing within the community and how do I hold myself accountable to make sure that I'm giving to the community in the way that I need to? Cap Capricorn is more about my own personal accomplishments. But the reason why I'm having the reason why I drew Mercury here is because today it moves into its retrograde shadow. Well, before we even talk about the retrograde shadow part, I mean, the reason I even kind of interrupted with it is because <laughs> I see, I'm like, that is the planning for the future. So it's like, you want to plan, you want to hit your mark with the Sagittarius stuff. But if the Capricorn is there, that's like such a nice boost. But now you're saying it's going into its shadow. Well, so now Capricorn is confused. more than just, Capricorn is not planning for the future. Capricorn is implementing the plan. The future plan is Sagittarius. By the time the but planets they move like from together. well, they support one another. You know, Sagittarius comes before Capricorn. Sagittarius is planning. Capricorn is putting the plan into reality, actually doing what we plan to do. So today is the day that Mercury moves into its retrograde shadow. So we've been talking about needing to prepare for this in the previous episodes. What do we always say when we're moving into the shadow period? What's on your plate right now? Clear your plate. What are you working on right ah, now? Shit. Where do you want to be by February 6th, 2023 when 
Okay. Mercury moves out of its retrograde shadow. Okay, I have, I mean, so many things. I, this is just like such perfect timing. I feel like I have all this stuff kind of lingering and mm-hmm. I bit almost had like a bit of a panic where I'm like, oh my God, I have to finish it all. But it's like, there's some time and also the retrograde is like, like we try to push ahead with the project and it feels like maybe something's weighing us down because we're supposed to be slowing down. And that feels frustrating because it's retrograde season, but not letting that get us down, just continuing to do the work, implement the plan, take the steps to clear your plate, even though if it feels like crunchy and awkward and slow, it's fine. We have, we have time. We have all the way to February to do these things. So not getting hung up on everything, not going smooth. It's, it's fine. That's just how it, that's just how it's going to go. And we've been like talking about this too, with the current Mars retrograde, which is happening concurrently with this impending mercury retrograde the mars retrograde that has created like an extended sort of mercury retrograde vibe because mars retrograde is happening in gemini which is the sign that's ruled by mercury so this whole period you know the mars moved into its retrograde shadow early september the retrograde began end of october like this whole period to me and to many other people that I'm talking to, clients and such, it feels like there's not enough time to get anything done. Like everything is just, it's like there's so much happening. And so I'm just trying to take my time and understand that by the time we get to mid-March, which is when Mars moves out of its retrograde shadow, Mars retrograde ends mid-January, Mercury retrograde ends about six days after Mars retrograde, so just to give you all the dates, Mercury retrograde ends on January 18th, Mars retrograde ends on January 12th, Mercury retrograde begins on December 29th, so this end of the year, beginning of next year, I'm expecting to be very crunchy, just take your time, I'm really like kind of clearing my schedule and and taking as few clients as possible until like we get into more into January because I can't even find the words, you know? It's just like there's an overwhelm that's happening. You've been stacked for a long time. Yeah. And then you're moving. It was just like some time to recuperate and reorganize and have the time to plan your own year is important it's just like taking some time for yourself because you, you work like a lot so oh my god every day every i mean ask gabriella she's like you're working too much <laughs> so he's like oh, i need more astrology i can't stop <laughs> she's gonna hate that i did that <laughs> voice too she's like don't ma- mimic my voice <laughs> like that <laughs> you do the same voice for me that you do for your mom and That's it's like <laughs> hilarious so this is like, I'm just clearly thinking like, where do I want to be by mid-March? So That's the goal. Everything that I'm working on right now is coming into fruition in mid-March. Right now, it's just about getting a little bit done at a time each and every day and, and really appreciating all the little steps that I'm taking rather than beating myself up over the fact that it I'm not exactly where I want to be. I mean, when you brought up the Mars retrograde, I've been trying to finish these sprays. I finally decided about like, I want to release these intention setting sprays. There's just been like these roadblocks where I was like, okay, I'm finally going to order these, these bottles that I like. I'm figuring out the pricing and the stuff and I order them. I go to order them. They're out of stock indefinitely 
like a month ago, like right when, or like, I think it was the end of October, whenever yeah. Mars went into retrograde, I'm like, now what am I going to, what, what am I going to do? Do yeah. I order, do I change all of the labels to make them fit on different bottles? And so that was like the first snafu. Then they get, I can't get them delivered because my doorbell went missing. <laughs> my doorbell <laughs> fell off and someone stole it and has been like ringing it from somewhere else. I don't know where it went, but, but <laughs> so weird. Oh my God. I like texted my landlord, my doorknob or my, yeah, my door. What is it called? Your doorbell. Doorbell. Jesus. Yeah. And your doorknob. No, just the doorbell. <laughs> so then they, the FedEx came and you need to sign for it. And then I would never know when he's here. Cause he can't get to my house because there's a gate, but there's no doorbell to let me know he's here. Mm-hmm. So then you're supposed to print out and sign this paper. Do I have a printer? Oh God. No. Printing anything is a, an absolute nightmare. So somehow I finally have the jars in hand. It, it just it just seems so ridiculous. Like, yeah. how does your doorbell go missing? But this is why th- there, there's no panicking right now. Oh, and I was definitely starting to panic. Yeah, of course. I know. I got the text messages. <laughs> so, you know. Well, then I'm like, well, I want all these nice photos. But now I wanted to do it before the holiday season. And I'm just like, and you always remind me, like, don't rush it like yeah because i i like things to be perfect so then sometimes i sit on things too long yeah you don't want to do that you want to trust your instincts follow your impulses you don't want to weigh the options back and forth a thousand times that's one of the big problems with the south node in libra which is you picking these fucking jars oh do i want this one i'm going to go back and forth and then you get into that panic of like oh my god it's not gonna happen in time and it's like okay just make a decision Stick with that decision and move forward and don't worry about it not being the right time or whatever. Like it will be the right time when you release it. If you release it, you know, we, we should when look at the good. planets. I know we should. You know, should. like my God, of utilize course. me, Ingrid. Of, of course. Of course. I got into a panic and wanted to do it early and didn't act. Like, I feel like this always happens. You're like, wait, what are you doing? Stop <laughs> panicking. There's no rush. Also, you're not even supposed to do it for two more months. So just chill. <laughs> Yes, let's make sure that it's exactly the way that you want it to be. I like and literally made a whole like made a whole web page in like when I said I was going to do it by a certain day and it was like that day so like all of a sudden it like waited till the last day to midnight do it. at yeah. midnight I like made this web page cuz I was like, "Oh my god, like how did I do this? I said I was going to do it in a certain time and I didn't." And I was like trying to hold myself accountable, but then I was like, anyways, just such a ridiculous panic <sighs> and remembering to slow down yes. and maybe clear my plate before the end of the retrograde just like moving a little slower with more intention that's right because otherwise shit's gonna go south things are gonna get crunchy in the holiday season so we've got to really just take our time take your time and be clear like uh, where do you want to be by february 6th where do you want to be by january 18th the retrograde ends on the 18th the shadow ends on the 6th so leave those two dates as like marker points like what are my goals for those days and then thinking about the mars retrograde too where do you want to be by january 12th when mars retrograde ends where do you want to be by march 15th when mars moves out of its retrograde shadow so tuesday december 13th we're looking at the sun again in sagittarius now aligning with the moon the planet of emotions in the fixed fire sign symbolized by the lion leo This is a very positive trine. This is an opportunity to open your heart and express your emotions, to show up honestly, and 
yeah, this, this is a day of like, really like, how can I have fun? How, how do I want to have fun today? Today is a day of fun, of joy, enjoyment, uh, being honest and forthright and playful. Yeah, I, I, I really like the Leo energy. Aries energy feels, yeah, freedom, but also play, mm-hmm. like having fun. This might be one of those days where it's like a holiday Christmas party or something and yeah. everybody gets completely trashed. Um, everyone's singing dancing having all the and hooking up with each other (laughs) and then like the next day feeling completely hungover and be like oh my god did i really like hook up with that person (laughs) things are gonna be weird now at Uh work so Uh so you know when you think of sagittarius it's abundance but also extravagance excess yes Exactly. And then you bring that. This is a fire fire connection here. So it could be a wild day, could be fun, but you know, just manage the energy so you don't go too far overboard. Because you can see on Wednesday, December 14th, there's some different connections here. This is the hangover day. This is, you've got now the sun is squaring off with Neptune, the god of fresh water and the sea, the planet of illusion, deception, compassion, and intuition in the mutable water sign symbolized by the fish and ruled by neptune pisces so this is like a definite like kind of hangover energy where you've got honesty and compassion you've got mutable fire and mutable water there might be some words that are spoken here that are a little harsh um that need to be softer or maybe you are feeling you're realizing that you've been in a delusion in some way i mean i think it could trigger something in the unconscious maybe mm-hmm. even if the words exactly like words somebody are, like somebody's gonna say something and like they're just being direct and, it's and you're gonna be like oh my god that's how this person's been thinking of me this whole time like i it's totally rewiring my brain right now in the worst possible way um so there might be a really strong need to be compassionate with yourself because whatever somebody is saying to you might shock you or maybe you're the one that's saying something to somebody else or it's like I've just I I need to tell you something and then you spit it out and now this person is crushed like well I don't even know how to be around you anymore I didn't realize you thought about me that way I'm totally confused by this relationship now and then you've got mercury in capricorn Squaring off with Chiron, the wound and the ancient wisdom that is unlocked through healing that wound in the cardinal fire sign symbolized by the ram, Aries. So this is two more two more planets squaring off with each other. And when you're squaring off with someone, it's a fight or a very awkward country and western dance. Either way, there is movement that is needed to shift the energy. And Chiron, we're facing that wound to our self-confidence. Maybe somebody, maybe this conversation that's being had is like somebody that is in authority to you. You know, you went to that that holiday party and you got trashed and, oh, no. and you, you hooked up with, you know, somebody you, some, shouldn't somebody you shouldn't have. And now your boss is like, I heard about you at the holiday party. <laughs> Very disappointed uh, in your behavior. Uh, and you're not getting that Christmas bonus or whatever. I don't know. So I don't know. There's, there's something happening here. There's like fear 
you're facing your fears with regards to the authority and taking responsibility for yourself. So maybe say, you know what? I did get too trashed. I'm really sorry. I apologize. Um, I accept whatever punishment. And they're like, okay, well, since, since you're responsible. taking responsibility for yourself, I'm going to give you that holiday bonus or whatever. So I don't know. There's something here that's saying like there's a conversation going on with authority or maybe you're the authority and you need to have that conversation with the subordinate, but you're afraid to because you don't want to be the asshole or whatever. So how can you communicate honestly with compassion? I mean, something happened the other day, like an old business partner called me and was like, oh, hey, can you like help me with this thing? No one can figure out how you did it. And I was like, I mean, well, number one, you still owe me money. Mm. So I can't start a new project until you settle your bill. And Mm -hmm. number two, I'm not going to give that information to you because (laughs) why would I do that? I worked for (laughs) months trying to figure that out. I'm not just going to give away the key, but you can hire me. Yeah, exactly. And it was, I feel, I felt really grounded in it Mm -hmm. and I felt like it could have gone bad. Like there, there was definitely some fear. I'm like, oh no, this is going to go bad. Why would they even ask me this? But it went really well because he took responsibility he was like oh i forgot i owed you you're right like Hmm. i feel like the conversation just went perfectly because i was tapping into my north node in aries energy and being very direct Mm -hmm. and communicating honestly without coming off as aggressive Mm -hmm. i feel like i just did a really good job at keeping it very professional and just stating what had happened and i think he took responsibility and yeah, I think it, it, it couldn't have gone better. I feel like that's the, this type of energy. If you're actually taking responsibility and being direct on both sides, it can be a good conversation, although still uncomfortable. Yes. It didn't have to go south. Yes. So responsibility, direct, compassionate, and honest. Yeah. That's the, those are the ingredients, it was working a good, those together. It was a good combo. So as we move on to Thursday, December 15th, now you see like here's the reward where... Mercury, again, in Capricorn, is now aligning in a positive way with the North Node, the soul's purpose, karmic pathway of the soul, in the fixed earth sign symbolized by the bull Taurus. So now we're taking responsibility for ourselves, and in taking responsibility for ourselves, we're asking, what is it that you value? What do you value? What What's important to you? What What is the status of your self-worth? If you're truly in a position of authority, then you are clear about your self-worth and what you value. It feels very like commanding. Mm-hmm. You, you can ask for things when you believe in yourself exactly. and, and, your, and your worth. Kind of like what we just talked about, the example I gave for yesterday. Totally. Exactly. You're like... You owe me money, so if you're going to do another job for you, you're going to pay me what you already owe me. And if you want me to come in and work on your website, then I'm going to be paid for that. I'm not just going to tell you what to do. That's I spend a lot of time and work on that. Yeah, I value myself. So, exactly. Value myself, you know. The, the other example, your boss said they weren't going to give you the bonus because you hooked up at you know, the Christmas party, it's like, okay, I made a mistake. But what does that have to do with But what does that have to do with how I worked this year, okay? Like, um, you can punish me in other ways, but no, I'm getting that company bonus. Friday, December 16th, the sun, continuing on through Sagittarius, now squares off with the moon, 
in the mutable earth sign symbolized by the virgin, Virgo. So the emotions get a little crunchy here. Virgo is very critical. Sagittarius is very honest. Maybe there is some words that are spoken here that might be a bit harsh. Um, really check your emotions on this day. Am I being hard on myself? Am I being critical towards myself? Am I feeling critical towards somebody that I am emotionally tied to in my life? And if so, what am I being critical about? And how is that reflected within myself? Because a lot of the times, you may find that when you're being critical to somebody else, it's really you're annoyed with yourself. I mean, And then you take it out on the person you love the most. My sister was talking about needing more help around the house and maybe figuring out how to be a better disciplinarian for my niece that she spends a really long time putting her to bed at night. And that was just like one of the things. And I was like, dude, that's the main thing. Like you don't have any time and energy and energy for anyone else because you're depleting yourself. And now she's being critical and, you know, reaction or reactionary towards everyone else because she's, you know, just giving too much and being just being critical of others, but really like she needs to self-reflect and be like, oh, I'm expending too much energy. How do I correct this so then I can have a good attitude towards everybody else by being direct and honest with the people around her? So being like, hey, talking to your kid and saying, this is how I need help and her partner, this is how I need help so I can show up. And even though that is an uncomfortable conversation, I'm like, you can bring it up in a way that like includes them where you're like, hey, I'm feeling really overwhelmed. Obviously, I'm being short with everybody. I'm really agitated. Can you help me? And mm-hmm. people like to to help. So, you know, asking for help. And I think that can also bring compassion. It's like, hey, I'm having a bad day, Scott. You know, can you bring me lunch? Like, I, I, I can't do everything myself. I need you to do something for me. Or like you pick something you can do for me because I'm overwhelmed. Like, what do we what do we do here? And it doesn't need to be mean mm-hmm. or bad. And that's another tentpole or theme of Virgo is service to others. So really thinking, like, how can I be of greater service to those that I'm emotionally tied to in my life? And through that, you may find that you're given more freedom in return because you being of service to somebody that you're emotionally tied to inspires the one you're emotionally tied to to be of greater service to you, which then in turn gives you more freedom. So like you talk about your sister, why is she, if she just says like, I'm depleted, I don't have the energy to put our, you know, my daughter to bed. Somebody could say, well, what can I do to help? If she's honest about this is where I'm struggling, this is where I need help. So Virgo is a helper sign. And so maybe it's about for asking help. for help. That asking was our whole conversation. And yes. Being I mean, honest that I need help. Sagittarius is honesty. Virgo is service. Being honest that you need help. And if people really care about you in these relationships, they're going to want to help like balance these scales when they're not when they're out of whack or you're, you're doing too much or I think it's just also a check-in for yourself. Maybe she's just doing too much. Well, the other person might say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm at my wits end too. 
I need help too. So then you come to the discussion of, okay, well then what do we need to do to sort of restructure maybe our schedule in some way so that neither of us feel depleted so that we can help each other because something's off. You know, Virgo's also about restructuring. And so there might need to be some honest conversations about how to restructure our day. Yeah, maybe someone's working too much or maybe there's too many school activities Mm -hmm. or... Or just spending, like, uh, the big thing was, like, she spends a lot of time putting her to bed. I was like, dude, I mean, I never say anything because it's not really my place, but she spends a lot of time putting her to bed, and that affects, she doesn't have any time for herself. I'm like, two hours of up and down, and I'm like, that's a lot of time. If you had those many hours in your week, you would feel so much better, and you Mm -hmm. would be able to have more quality time doing other things, like, you know, because she's like, oh, that's our quality time. I'm like it's not she's like actually it's not our quality time because Addie thinks it's her quality time Angel's like all we do is argue with that time like I'd rather do something fun with her than like argue about going to bed and brushing her teeth for two hours like that's not fun so maybe it's the child is feeling like she's not getting the mother's attention Mm -hmm. during the day and so she elongates that period of going to bed because that's really the only time she has her mom's attention yeah so if she shows her child more attention during the day then maybe going to bed at night will not be such an issue. I don't have a kid and I honestly just can't imagine because she works all day. Then she like picks her up from school. She goes to swim. Then you eat dinner. Then you have to wind down. It's like there's not a lot of extra time. So Mm -hmm. figuring out how to. And I told her just doing things together, like cleaning her room. She's like, then her room is dirty. It's like, well, maybe you can make that like a thing you guys do together. Like most of my relationships are centered around work. Or like, even if it's a friendship, it's like, okay, we're cleaning the kitchen together. We're working on a project together and holding each other accountable. We're going to the grocery store together or running errands together. Like we don't always have extra time, but having quality time in the moments where you're just doing your everyday shit. Like that doesn't need to be a negative thing. We're like, oh, we're going to help. We're going to clean the room together. Like this is productive and it's quality time. Instead of arguing, we're like making the house nicer. And yeah. I mean, I think people forget about what it was like to be a kid. I mean, when you're a kid, you're looking up at these other people, these adults, figuratively and literally. Yeah. So any moment as a child you get with an adult is like, (gasps) it's so exciting. It's so fun. (laughs) It's like I get to be with this other person, this older person that knows so much more about the world than I do. That's what kids are feeling. If you're not around, then that's when they lash out because they're trying to get the attention. So yeah, cleaning the kitchen, cleaning the room, whatever it is, like making that a thing of fun. Yeah. And... You know, but like reading a story to the kid for, you know, 30 minutes, 15 minutes. I mean, I think they already do that. Okay. Yeah. But it's just then she just like can't go to sleep. There's just always a back and forth yeah. of the not getting her jammies on and not yeah. brushing her teeth. And it just, it, and then it leads into the next day. Then she doesn't want to wake up because mm-hmm. then she didn't go to bed early enough. She's like, I'll be in the bathtub. My sister will be in the bathtub. She's like, Addie will just be up even after I leave. Hmm. I'm like, well, what is she doing? She's like, literally nothing. She has nothing to entertain her. She's like singing in her room by herself. Like Hmm. after she's supposed to have gone to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, I don't know. You know, kids are so stimulated too nowadays with like all the screen time and stuff. So I don't know. 
it's hard to wind down. I, I mean, it's hard for me to wind down. I can't imagine yeah. being a kid these days. I, I'm like, exactly. I have trouble putting myself to bed. Totally. <laughs> when I was a kid, I got like an hour of TV a day. Now I spend 12 hours a day staring at the screen. She doesn't get a lot of screen time, but she's just stimulated by herself. She's got like a little microphone thing. She's always singing. She's always singing or dancing mm-hmm. or just, she's just, she's 10. She has so much energy. Well, she's a triple, triple extrovert. <sighs> Her triad, right? I mean, I think she's a triple extrovert. Aaron Fire. I so don't remember anything. She's got a lot of energy. Yeah, That's what does. I remember. And her mom does too. So, yeah. Okay. Saturday, December 17th, Mercury again in Capricorn aligns in a positive way with Uranus, the primordial sky god, the planet of revolution, rebellion, innovation, independence, and the unexpected in Taurus. So... As we've been taking responsibility through the week, maybe now is some sort of unexpected surprise where you laid out your self-worth, what you value, what you need in the material realm. You've taken responsibility for that, and now the unexpected windfall appears where the boss says, here's your bonus, or your client is like, here's the money I owe you. Thank you for reminding me. My apologies that I never paid this. The first thing I think of is uh, Mercury. So communication in Capricorn, which is the like getting shit done. It's like I'm having awareness, the awareness to continue along the path of accomplishing these tasks. And then that also ties into self-worth. Like I'm worth it. I'm aware that these things are pushing me towards my goal and that's like a concrete material like Taurus energy where you're like and now it's coming to fruition like because I value myself I'm doing the things I need to do because I'm conscious of them Mm -hmm. and now I get to reap the rewards yes yes a lot of yeah the planning the implementing the plan it's implementing the plan and it's also this is like bringing your genius ideas into reality because Mercury is the planet that rules the conscious mind. I love that. Uranus is the planet of genius. It's like today is a day where maybe that spark is actually lights something up. I love that. And it happens. So there could be some some good creativity today in terms of actually bringing it into reality. Yeah, you always have this idea. And then today you're like, you know what? I'm going to start fucking doing it because it's a good idea. And I, yeah, like you said, igniting, yes. igniting something that you press the button and it's done. You've been working on it and now it actually, Ooh. it's happening. Okay. It's I not like, like that. planning for it to happen. It's like, we've been doing the planning. This is like where it actually occurs. I like that. Yes. So what do you want to bring to life on Saturday, December 17th? And then Sunday, December 18th, we're looking at the sun in Sagittarius, aligning with the moon again in the third sign that we've talked about with the moon. We talked about the sun aligning with the moon back on Tuesday, which was in Leo, and then Friday in Virgo. Today, it's aligning with the moon in Libra. So, you know, Tuesday was that open, like wild, emotional expression, opening your heart. Friday was restructuring it 
bringing some sort of uh, stability to the emotions and, and being of greater service. And then today, Sunday, with the moon aligning with the sun, with the moon in Libra, peace. The theme is peace here. It's about how can I, you know, we've had a lot of conversations. We've had a lot of open conversations. Now maybe we can bring some of that grace to the conversation, uh, a little bit of charm, a little bit of balance. You know, what is it that I that I really want to articulate to those that I'm in relationship with? You know, it's like earlier in the week, I kind of went off half-cocked. I said some things, you know, that I meant, but I didn't say them in the way that I meant to. Yeah. Um, this is actually how I wanted to say it. I've had some time to think about it and this is how I feel. And you being on the recipient end of that saying, thank you. I appreciate you rearticulating this. Um, I was hurt on uh, Tuesday or Monday, whatever, whatever day it was Wednesday. That's when it was crunchy. Um, and, and, and even just inside of that thinking that, that person that's saying, oh yeah, you did hurt my feelings. There was something happening in Chiron over there. So it's like you were maybe saying like you were tri like, yeah, it was kind of harsh, but also you triggered a big wound inside yeah. of me. So that's why I had such a bad reaction. Right. Like you're not wrong. You were kind of rude, but you were honest. And I needed to look at that though. Yeah, yeah, you could also yeah. be, you know, that's how you show grace to them is like, it, it was part of my reaction. Like you said, was, I have a bit, you, you touched on a wound, but I'm actually glad that you did because it made me more aware of this wound and I've had time to really show myself compassion and it doesn't bother me as much anymore. And now, especially you having this conversation with me, I'm feeling much more at peace about our relationship and, and the other person's like, so you're not mad at me? <laughs> no, I'm not mad at you. And I, I wasn't even mad at you earlier I was hurt and maybe I reacted yeah. in anger yeah. but I was it was more just hurt and I understand now that you did not mean to hurt me in the way that you have so eloquently expressed your feelings again I totally understand what you're saying and I'm going to do my best to show up in the way that feels fair to you as well i think a lot of no one likes to have conflict but i feel like that so many times this pattern happens where it's like the initial coming out it's a little too harsh the person is you know triggers something and then it's like a very an upsetting moment but then you come around you kind of the, the energy settles and when you revisit it something has changed in both mm -hmm. of you and it's important to have these conflicts and to not avoid them because when we avoid them that's when just things get out of control yes so i accepting the discomfort of having the conflict and knowing that most likely you're getting some shit out. You both needed to get out. You needed to hear something. You needed to say something. And that that's going to bring about a change, which is usually a good thing. I, I, I love that you say this. It just makes me think of my own relationship because this is like the best thing about my relationship with Gabriella is our ability to get upset with each other and then clear the air and make peace through the process, you know? It's like... I think that's and like the healthiest grow. 
kind of relationship when you can have conflicts and for it to be able to move you. Yes. So, I mean, it's like in the beginning when we were having these conversations, it was like, oh, my God, we're going to break up. And that is like such the overhanging theme. And like once we decide we're not going to break up, like we're together. (laughs) So it's it's okay to have a fight. Exactly. You can really get some more shit out there when you're not worried. Yes. Yes. And that's how you grow and develop as individuals, let alone in relationship. And so I feel like there's a lot of that happening with the Sagittarius energy because so many things are being spoken Mm -hmm. that were hidden during Scorpio season. And so it's being burned down, but through that, we're able to build as we move into Capricorn season. I love that. Yes. Do you have anything else for us today? No, I did just want to, uh, address one question uh that somebody asked a couple weeks ago and i wrote it down because i was like oh i didn't want to miss this one but somebody was asking about the meaning behind like the sun and north node conjunct like if you have that in your chart and anytime like if the sun is connected to anything it brings vitality and light you hear me say it all the time the planet of light life and vitality so if the sun is conjunct the north node if it's sextile or trine or opposite the north node it is shining light on your soul's purpose. It's illuminating what the path to your soul, what you're meant to be doing in this life. If it's squaring, if the sun is squaring the North Node, that may be kind of like that harsh light. Where, it's uncomfortable. Yes, where it's like you know what your soul's purpose is, but man, I don't really want to do that. It or feels super uncomfortable. Or like, you or you just like, you know it, but you haven't done it. And you're just like kind of procrastinating. It's just lingering. Because there. Like, you don't want to do it. Because you're looking at it and you're like, I don't want to do that. Does that make sense? I mean, I why think do of you, it as... Why does anybody procrastinate? It's not that you don't want to do the thing. I don't know. I procrastinate all the time and it's not even necessary. I don't know. I would love yeah. to know and I would like to remove it from my <laughs> psyche because it's really <laughs> killing me over here. I mean, I would like to say, oh, I want to be a better dancer. So that means I have to take, the, you know, classes all the time. And it's just like, I know that makes me happy. Mm-hmm. I know certain things make me happy and I don't do them. And it's not because it, uh, it's like a lack of energy or something, a lack of uh, crossing a threshold because it's like, yeah, I would like to be a better dancer, but to have the energy and the money to do all of these things and maybe some fear attached to this of, you know, stepping into your power possibly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. maybe the fear thing is the biggest thing and being responsible, like taking responsibility for yourself. Yes. That's really hard. Yes. So it is complex, but I think simply put, if the sun is squaring your North node, it's, it's an energy that's, that's starkly different from who you are at the core. I see. And I see. So, you that's know, why it's like something you might not want to exactly. do. Exactly. It's like, it's like, for instance, we're talking about Sagittarius. If, if your North Node is in Pisces and you're a Sagittarius sun and it's squaring your North Node in Pisces, you're being called to, to be compassionate. But if you're a Sagittarius, you're like, fuck that. I'm just going to tell these people what I, I'm, I'm just going to tell them what, what I see. You know, like what I have to like sugarcoat everything now and mm-hmm. and be soft and no, I want to just be direct. I want to be forthright, but no, you have to soften it up. You have to really thinking. feel what other people are feeling and and have that empathy. 
And I'm also thinking just more externally, like Pisces energy is very like sitting with your, your unconscious, your subconscious Mm -hmm. and Sagittarius is like, Oh, I just want to go like literally take a trip. I want to like go do something, go Mm -hmm. somewhere. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of running from your problems. Yes. It's, it's, they're the two spiritual signs. You know, the Pisces energy is like sitting with yourself. It's like a monk in a monastery you know, just sitting in silence with your own thoughts and connecting to God within yourself. Whereas Sagittarius energy is dancing around the fire naked at Burning Man, you know. Maybe like finding, you know, God or spirituality. Through that. Yeah. But this is like, no, you have to go within. It's not about being, you know, the extrovert. It's about going within yourself. And so that's just one example. But the sun conjunct the north node, it's in the same sign. So it's it's literally in the same place that you would think would be like it's obvious and easy, but it's not. I promise you. I know <laughs> oh, personally. So because the south node energy is so strong that even if the north node it's just it's more comfortable. Is, it's yes. so comfortable to stay in your south south node because that's what you're you used know. To. It's what you know, but. You know, it is a gift to be born with the the sun conjunct the north node because you have a very clear understanding of that you have a path to walk in this life. Actually, walking the path is the challenging part, but you know that there is a path. You know that you are here to do something, but finding what that something is can be the challenge. But once you find it and you will know that you found it because it was always there within you. You always knew it was that thing, but you never truly wanted to believe that it was that thing because you wanted the other thing, the South Node, so bad. And <laughs> when you're thinking about the North Node, you're like, the North Node's not going to bring me the South Node energy. Yeah. It's not. So oh, even though I know that that's my path, that's not what I want to do because I want the other side. But that's the trick of the North Node, South Node. The more that you follow the North Node, the more you get the South Node. So it's the trick of the mind. Yeah. That was a great question. Yes. Very insightful. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, we will see you all next week. See you next week. Thanks, Ingrid. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for listening to The Weekly Transit. Follow us on Instagram for daily updates about the planetary alignments and how to work with the energy. If this podcast is helping you navigate life more gracefully, please subscribe, rate us five stars, and share with your friends. If you're ready to go deeper, book a personal reading with Scott or sign up for his new moon full moon class at theweeklytransit.com.